we welcome you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, your minister, and uh, I'm just so happy to have you sharing with us. This morning, we're going to be looking into the book of Philippians. And if you are a, a devout student of the Word and uh, read the Bible, uh, you know that the book of Philippians is without question a very, very meaningful book in the New Testament. Only four chapters in the book of Philippians, and uh, but every chapter, every word, there is so, so much advice to help all in their walk in life because the teachings are so profound. Uh, we know at this time of the year that uh, many and many hundreds of thousands of young people are graduating from colleges and universities and technical schools, all types of settings. And uh, I'm sure that many are truly looking at their lives and hoping and praying that they will be privy to the leading of God's Spirit in their lives. And uh, any good word, I would venture to say that someone could share with them that it would be greatly appreciated. And so this morning, I'm going to talk about how to live a successful Christian life. Now, there's a difference between living a life and living a successful Christian life. You know as well as I do that uh, Paul in his writings tells us there are many things we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be imitators of Christ. We're supposed to be amb ambassadors. We're supposed to be salt, salt, supposed to be light. But this morning, I'm going to turn to the third chapter, and uh, I'm going to start reading um, in the 10th verse of uh, the third chapter of Philippians, if you will, uh, listen to what I read. I want to know Christ, he said, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. He continues, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the mark to the prize for the calling for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, friends, uh, you probably have heard sermons, you've had Sunday school lessons or whatever, but I want to submit to you, these words are powerful words and they're important teachings that we need to be mindful of as we literally share in each day of life. And so what I want us to see this morning, we're going to talk about for just a few minutes, is uh, Paul shares, I think personally, the recipe or the whatever you would like to call it, uh, how that you and I can literally have a successful Christian life. And I hope and pray the people who are listening to the podcast that you have that desire to live a successful Christian life. When we look at these teachings, I want us to be mindful of a number of things. When I was thinking about the, the message for this hour, 
I try to picture the setting that Paul was in. He was in an old prison, a dungeon-like, and I, I would venture to say that it was just unbelievably poor setting to have to be in such an imprisonment as he was sharing it. And then more so, too, to, to realize that he wrote these unbelievable teachings about his relationship to Christ and writing for all Christians, excuse me, for all time to come. And so, as we read just a moment ago, he uh, begins by saying that I press on to hold, to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting the past, and we'll talk about that. I will share with you on the front end of the message that Paul says to the people at that time in the city of Philippi, and for people for all time to come, he has three words that are just so, so important. Forgetting the past, facing the future, and doing all that we can to be faithful to the end. Facing a I beg your pardon, forgetting the past, facing the future, and finishing the course. All three words start, of course, with the letter F. First thing I want us to look at is forgetting the past. One time, I, when Martha Lane Collins was governor for the state of Kentucky, she was good friends of a gentleman in Louisville who worked with the alcohol problem in the state of Kentucky, and I served on that board. And so she provided an opportunity for us to uh, come to the capital there in Frankfurt and uh, to her home, and she had a tremendous breakfast. All the ministers around were invited to come, and and uh, Mr. Delbert Butts was the executive director of the league at that time. And she invited the president of the Southern, or uh, he did, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary to speak. And oh, it was such a powerful message that he brought. And, uh, and he, in, in many ways, uh, had references either directly or indirectly to what Paul is saying here in the third chapter of the book of Philippians. And uh, he talked about the art of letting go. And possibly when Paul was writing these words, he looked back and he remembered the times that he had persecuted the church, uh, times that he had assisted in the stoning of Stephen, the first Christian martyr, uh, many, many things that certainly he was not proud of. And all of us know before his name was changed to Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus. And so here we find him talking about forgetting the past. And, uh, and that's so important, people, uh, because there are many scriptures, and I'm going to allude to a couple here, is that we need to understand that when we look to the past and, and it's bogging us down, we need to realize that Jesus said that if we will confess our sins to him, that he is faithful and just to forgive us. Now, friends, that's a tremendous thought because if we say we have not sinned, we lie and the truth is not in us. And as we get older, we want to be able to look back and look at our lives and look over our lives 
and hopefully that uh, that if we uh, have a number number of sins that we feel like we have never repented of then we would do so and like I said a while ago uh, well it's in the Hebrew letter your sins your iniquities I will remember no more the art of letting go Sometimes we almost wonder if Christ has already forgiven us and we haven't forgiven ourselves. And friends, you cannot be productive by continually looking back on the past. Certainly, if in doing so that we're carrying a lot of baggage, uh, that we have not understood God's word, that his grace, listen to me now, is big enough for any sin you have committed. His blood, we know so many beautiful songs, his blood will never lose his power. And when we come to him and genuinely, and I'm talking about genuinely and saying, Lord, please forgive me. And this is important, brothers and sisters, and a lot of people don't want to do this because they're so proud, so haughty, and uh, it takes quite a bit of humility to say, Lord, uh, I just need to repent. I need to tell you my sins that I'm sorry of, and with your help and your strength, I'll do all that I can that I will not commit those sins again. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And uh, and so when you think about what Jesus has said, and friends, maybe you're in that bracket today that maybe you uh, have uh, uh, a lot, a lot of sin in your life. I don't know who's listening and so forth, but I do know one thing, that there's no greater love that anyone has shown than the love of Jesus Christ. I know that his love was so great that he went at a tender age to the cross, dying the most horrible death any person could die and was put in the grave and that he came forth from the grave. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me will never die. So friend, where are you today in your walk and your journey? I guess one of the things in the last couple of years that I have thought about is just absolutely, unbelievably, how time flies. And I could be talking to people who are listening, and you could say, Brother Otis, that's so true. I just cannot believe, cannot believe how quickly time flies by. Forgetting the past. Friends, listen to me. If you have a sin or sins, and you would say, you know, I just need to get my life right. I need, I know that God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, that they are here and will always be here, and that there has been a sacrifice made for my sins. I know I'm not going to live forever. I know that I need uh, the help of Jesus Christ. And I just encourage you, friend, I encourage you. I think many times about a situation when I was helping as chaplain of the uh, uh, E. McDowell Regional Medical Center, and a, a person called me and said, Brother, is there any way you could come up to the hospital? There is a man who really in many ways is in, in, in dying, and he would like to talk to a minister. And, and I, she might have gone so far as to say that I think he wants to make a commitment and, and ask for forgiveness of sin and, and become a Christian. I said, I certainly will be there. And so I went to the hospital and went in. And 
I was talking with the gentleman and he said, you know, Mr. Clark, I just appreciate, I remember this almost like it was yesterday. He said, Mr. Clark, I appreciate you coming so much. But he said, I've been thinking ever since I had the nurse to call you that I have committed so many sins. He said, you named the sin and I have committed it. And I said, friend, there's a couple of things here that we need to understand, and that is the blood of Christ, the grace of Christ, the mercy of Christ, the fact that he gave his all, and he gave it to those who would come and truly seek to live their lives, to repent of the wrong in their lives, that he will, no possibility of not being true, he will forgive you of your sins. And he looked at me and he said, again, Mr. Clark, I appreciate you coming. I appreciate you coming. But he said, you know, there's no way in my mind and in my thinking that I could be forgiven and that I could be made acceptable to Christ. I said, friends, if I could get you just to believe Jesus' words, it doesn't make a difference what I say, but if I could just get you to believe the Bible, then that could change. That could be changed right this very hour, and we could get onto the road of confessing his name before me and then being baptized to have those sins washed away. He said, Mr. Clark, again, and I could I could have no fortunate luck uh, uh, in getting him to see that he could be cleansed. He could, uh, of course, certainly it's not an ideal thing to wait just a few hours before you're about to die to do this, because one of the, there are many many things that go through your mind uh, that if that person had committed himself to Christ earlier in life, what he could have done for Christ, and when you do for Christ, you're going to do for others, and it's going to make you a rich and beautiful person. So I encourage you. I don't know where you are as you're listening to this podcast, but a part of living a successful Christian life is asking God to forgive us of any and all of our sins and forgetting the past. Like I said, Paul, he didn't want to dwell upon the past, and so he set his life right with Christ, and he moved forward. So Paul says, imagine this, he's sitting in a prison, and he's writing these words, and he says, forget the past, and then he says, face the future. You know, a lot of times, and it seemed like I'm seeing a little bit more than I used to see it, is that they would um, show a picture of a cabin out in the woods, maybe some uh, smoke coming out of the chimney, and just most serene and, and most beautiful. And uh, and so, you know, sometimes I'm sure all of us have thought, well, I just would like to go to a setting where I'm not being bothered by people, where I don't hear all the cars moving by and where everything is just quiet and nice. But friends, listen to me closely here, is that in being a Christian, we have to be willing to face the future because we're in the here and now. No matter how badly I would like to bring yesterday back, it will come when it does. No matter how much I would like to see tomorrow come, it will come when it does. Today is all that we have. Today is all we can manage. Today is all that we need. And so it's very, very easy to say, I just quit. I just quit. I'm tired. I just quit. Listen, friends, we have a responsibility. Paul, in writing to the church at Rome, he said, How beautiful are the feet of those who carry the gospel message. Help men and women, boys and girls, to get onto a path of good, clean living and profitable living and making a difference with their lives. Where are you today? 
Do you face the future? Do you have, as a person, do you have a somewhat of a tendency just to withdraw and say, well, somebody will do that? Well, maybe they will, and maybe they won't. The important thing is that each one of us, as we're told in this very Philippian letter, that, uh, that we will uh, give an account of the way that we have lived our lives. Paul, in, in this uh, third chapter, as you go on down, he says uh, to do everything we can. I mean, there, uh, he talks about people at that time and people in, in all time to come. He says their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship, he said, is in heaven. We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be made like his glorious body. Friends, such a grave need to look at the world head on. The abortion issue, millions and millions of little babies, beautiful little boys, beautiful little girls, handsome little boys, and have been taken out of the mother's womb and have died. Big, big, big issue. And we think about our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. It's very easy, friends, because the world is moving at such an unbelievable pace that unless you work with yourself and get your mind off maybe what you want and get your mind on others, look at the whole world. Look at the whole world and realize that without question when life is studied to the kilt, that the real answer and answers are found in Jesus Christ and in his teaching. Facing the future, if you're going to make a difference, every once in a while we will see on television a particular youngster showing such creativity and uh, and makes a tremendous contribution uh, as a, even in a tender age to make for a better world. We have so many issues. We've got gasoline in Kentucky, probably about $4.50. We've got uh, inflation. We've got a lot of things. And we probably would just like to, you know, go out and get us a cabin, sit down, get us a few hens, get us a few hogs, get us a few cows, and just let the world go by. Friend, we can't do that. We can't do that. Paul says, face the future. You see, if you're going to live a successful Christian life, you cannot be running away from God. You've got to be running toward God and say like Moses did, where he says, I am here, Lord, or Isaiah, and send me and use me. Forget the past. You have something in the past or a number of things in your past that you would like to be forgiven of. Well, you certainly can, my friend. And then as you look at your life where you are now, you know, I don't know, and I say this kindly, that people have a right to stand around and wring their hands and just be always talking about what's bad, what's bad, what's bad, what's bad, what's bad, without saying, Lord, use me, send me, use me, so that maybe that I can do something. We know that we're just one, but we are one. We cannot do everything, but we can do something. And again, I see a lot of fine people that, as I've continued to be in the ministry now about 55 years, and I've had them say, well, brother, I feel like I've done my part, and I'm old as some of the young ones do it. You know, I don't know about that. 
I don't know about that. Uh, I think if you have the health and so forth, because it seems like the, the workers in the vineyard are getting smaller and smaller all the time. The greatest words in all the world, the greatest hope in all the world, no other religion promises life after death. So face the future and then finish the course. It's one thing to start something. It's another thing to finish the course, whereby that we would hear our Lord say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Enter now into the joys of heaven, and I'll make you ruler over many. As you read the Philippian letter, it's, it's unreal, the tremendous advice that, uh, that he gives. We live in a day and, uh, when uh, we're so anxious. And, and in, in that fourth chapter, as you walk your way into it, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to talk about, uh, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, that to live and follow those things. And so finishing the course, where are you? Where am I in my journey on life? How will we finish our course? Will we be found faithful? There's a beautiful song. Lord, find us faithful. That's a great thought. Lord, find us faithful. I know that probably each one of you who is listening has a child or grandchild or grandson or granddaughter or whatever, and you have many aspirations for them. Hopefully that you pray, pray, pray for them. And that uh, uh, hopefully you pray that, Lord, I pray that my grandchildren, my children, that when they come to the, the end of their lives, that they will be found faithful. Uh, it seems like, and I don't want to be unkind, but we live in a day uh, that we're here for a while, then here for a while, and here for another place, and so on. Very, very, uh, very unstable. And so uh, I just want to challenge you that uh, all of us, as we're sharing this podcast, to take a look at our lives and see if we have been the kind of people that uh, uh, who have accepted a challenge and if we're the type of person uh, who has stuck with it. I know I can address it. Uh, I've seen a whole lot in my 55 years in preaching, and I've seen people start out, oh, they would just really, really do so much for the Lord, and slowly they got more in love with the world, the things of the world, than the things of Christ, and slowly, slowly drifted, and almost to the point where you would say, I wonder where they are in their relationship with Christ. In the Bible, Paul's letter, he talks about this, about the importance of setting our minds on earthly, heavenly things and the importance of finishing the course. In this, at least in the second chapter of this Philippian letter that Paul says to them, I have learned in whatever state I am in, therewith to be content. And you know this as well as I do. We live in such a restless, restless world. Want, want, and want 
and want and want. Think about that, how sad that is. Dr. David Eubanks, who was the young college president in the nation, president of Johnson Bible College, which is now Johnson University. And I, excuse me, I heard him speaking one time and he said, friends, it's like this. He says, we've got a terrible disease in our land and it's called want-itis. want-itis. And he said, everybody cannot have more. Everybody cannot. And Paul said when he was in that old prison thinking about life and trying to help his brothers and sisters, he said, I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. It's not really super, super hard to understand why our nation is in such a mess. We're in love with the world. The Bible tells us we're in the world, but we're not to be of the world. It's hard, my friends. It's hard. I think I can address it. I know what it is to be discouraged to the nth degree. And probably you do too if you've been faithful in your service to the Lord. But it will, as the song said, it will be worth it all. I encourage you as we come to the close of this message to realize if you want to give advice to your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, and as they're sharing in graduations and etc., is to say Paul has the key as he wrote to the Philippians from that old prison cell and saying to the Christians then and Christians for all time to come is forget the past, let go of the past, face that future, accept your challenges, accept responsibilities, and finish the course. And then hopefully we can hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, entered into the joys of heaven. And we will be, those will be sweet words to our ears. Let us pray. Father, we pray for each listener of this uh, podcast. I pray, Father, that uh, uh, in life that we will not handle, handle it flippantly. It's only one life, and it's soon going to be passed. And I just pray that we will have the savvy, the wisdom, the understanding of handling life carefully and seeking, probably planting a lot of trees that we will not sit under, but hopefully others will. Help us to be faithful in sharing your word and find us faithful. In his name we pray. Amen.